With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Just interested. What's that? 
on uh, Amorosa being yeah, sick. Okay, so let's gonna, let's, let's read that. that. I'm going to bring that up. I, I'd like to start with that because it's just so absurd. But yeah, anyway. sure. No, it's okay. Uh, we'll, we will. Okay. Well, we do not have dead air time here, Leo. Let's Sorry, folks. Uh, urgent. If you're not freaking out about net neutrality right now, you're not paying attention. Okay? Comcast wants to control what you do online. Do you want to let them? No. Now, let me let me explain this. I thought this was important because, you know, people don't really um, get it. To win, we, uh, it is up to Congress to stop the FCC. If your representative isn't doing that, contact them now. All right? Now, and you, you can go to this because I think it, it's really, really, really important. Uh, what is net neutrality? Why does it matter? Net neutrality is the principle that Internet providers like Comcast and Verizon should not control what we see and do online. In 2015, startups, Internet freedom groups, and 3.7 million commenters uh, won strong net neutrality rules from the U.S. Federal uh, Communications um, Commission. And the rules prohibit Internet providers from blocking, throttling, and uh, paid uh, prior, prioritization uh, fast lanes for sites that pay and slow lanes for everyone else. We're Team Internet. We support net neutrality and freedom of speech. <laughs> and I want you to go to the site. I will give it to you in just one second. It's really kind of an important site uh, to fight net neutrality, to 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 um, fight, yeah, to to get net neutrality. It's battleforthenet.com. Again, battleforthenet.com. All right, and that's that's where you go to get uh, to sign up. You know, and, and uh, they've already got 27 million of them. Amorosa fired. Amoroso! Remember her? Amorosa. Fired. Physically dragged from the White House. Holy crap. Because she didn't expect to be fired? No. But I don't know why she was physically dragged from the White House. They, I, I read no, an article. It, no, you're on the wrong no, thing. I read an article. Yeah, I will. I read an article uh, earlier that said she was, um, she was, she just resigned. Didn't say that she was dragged from the White House. Former Apprentice star Amorosa Manigault Newman had to be dragged kicking and screaming from the White House Tuesday night after she refused to believe Donald Trump had fired her, according to reports. The official version from the Trump administration was that the reality TV star turned political aide resigned to pursue other opportunities. That was what it said, But yeah. numerous reports from from the Trump administration was that the reality TV star turned political aide, oh, resigned to pursue other opportunities, sorry, but numerous reports from inside the ever-leaky 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue had the now ex-director of communications for the public liaison office going out in the hall of profanities as chief of staff John Kelly told her to pack her things. She then tried to storm into the president's residence to appeal the decision to the commander-in-chief, according to a report. General Kelly kicked her out with high drama, with Amorosa offering vulgarities and curse words oh, wow. as she was escorted out of the building and off campus. 
April Ryan, White House Bureau Chief for American Urban Radio Networks, tweeted Wednesday. Ryan, who is also a CNN contributor, said in her radio report that Amarosa uh, Mang, uh, Manigault Newman, 43, was very upset and, upset and said she wanted to speak to the president. General Kelly said that the president was already informed and had signed off. She said, citing sources, General Kelly is also alleged to have said that this is not like going to the principal's office. During the altercation, Manigault Newman told Kelly that she had brought the, the black vote to Trump. Ryan said, but he snapped, no, that is not the case. After unleashing a stream of, a stream of vulgarities, the spurned aide tried to walk over to Trump's residence but was stopped and physically removed <laughs> her from the premises, Ryan added. A White House official said she was physically dragged out, according to the Wall Street Journal. Ooh. Ryan, who is friends with Margot Newman until the relationship soured earlier this year, said Secret Service agents <coughs> were, excuse me, were the ones acting as bouncers. The agency later denied in a tweet that it was the muscle, but it seemed to confirm she had to be escorted out and noted that it had that it had devastated her, no, uh, deactivated her security pass. I can't see from here. The Secret Service was not involved in the termination process of Ms. Monagle Newman or the uh, escort off the complex, the agency tweeted. Uh, Marines also provide security in the White House. Do you think they took her out? <laughs> it sounds like it. Rosa and his, Newman's colleagues have often questioned her role in the White House, where she could be seen at presidential photo ops, strolling the corridors, and occasionally in the briefing room. She reportedly enjoyed unfettered access to Trump before Kelly took charge of the office and was particularly effective at pushing his buttons with inflammatory news that often sparked some of his harshest tweets. She is widely believed to have been behind the president's controversial tweet that Morning Joe host Mika Brzezinski bleeding badly from oh, a God. facelift. When Kelly took over, he banned her from the important meetings, which she'd previously waltzed into uninvited, the New York Times reported. Her departure also comes a month after an embarrassing report revealed that she bought her 39-person bridal party to the White House for a wedding photo shoot uh, in uh, April. Yeah, 39 people in a bridal party. <laughs> 39 Line people. signing staff and security. The visitors loudly wandered around looking to snap photos in the Rose Garden and throughout the West Spring, political reported. <laughs> Two sources close to Trump said Amorosa's departure has been a long time coming. She had traveled with him to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum in Jackson on Saturday but a White House official told CNN that she had no direct access to the president for months. In August, uh, Amorosa got into a shouting match at the National Association of Black Journalists conference in New Orleans when she sidestepped questions about her role in the White House. She recently said that she was ready for the next move. She wanted to spend time with her husband, travel to Europe, and go back to being a minister. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah. Uh, Amorosa, a former Democrat, <laughs> has known Trump since the first season of The Apprentice in 2004, 
when she emerged as the villainous breakout star. People have long been unsure what she did at the White House. A former White House official told CNN many of her colleagues are elated by today's news. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was so amazed that the article when I read that she was actually she actually worked for Al Gore. All right, when he was vice president. What she did for him? Same thing she did some for Trump. Kind of a, I pretty much, I think, you know, a little uh, inside gossip kind of thing. Now, my job is to communicate the vision that the president has. That's Amorosa's job. Right, hear that? It's only 54 yeah. seconds. Let's, let's see that. So, again, my job is to communicate. I've got to work with the ears if you can get it. Okay. democratically elected Doug Jones until after the tax vote. Can you imagine that? He can't do that. I don't think he can, but he thinks he can. He, he thinks he's God. All right. uh, earlier this afternoon, Bloomberg reporter Sal Kapoor, Sahil uh, uh, Kapoor, uh, revealed that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has decided that no matter the, the result of the election between Trump-endorsed pro-slavery child molester Roy Moore... <laughs> Birmingham bomber prosecutor uh, Doug Jones, that fill-in, uh, Senator Strange is going is going to be here through the end of this session. Senator Strange, who the hell is? Oh, I guess there's a fill-in. I guess so. A fill-in, Senator Strange. I didn't know. Luther Strange was appointed by the previous governor of Alabama, who was forced to have uh, forced out amid his own sexual conduct scandal to fill out the Attorney General. Oh, my God. This guy, this Luther Strange, was forced out himself because of his sexual misconduct. Huh. Good Lord, now. Uh, what a great group of people they have down there in they're Alabama. All they're, all, they're all crazy. In other words, McConnell is going to pull a uh, Merlin Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. That was the one. No, that Burris was that. This is a Merrick Garland's another one. Merrick Garland was the one that the Democrats uh, wouldn't uh, confirm as a judge. Oh, Do you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they see they're putting out that that that, uh, that uh, Burris was was uh, denied by the Democrats too. Okay, even though Bogoyevich had, had, had nominated him for the... Uh, yeah, but this isn't what they're talking about. Oh, uh, they're, they're saying Merrick Garland. Even Democrat Doug Jones from voting against the Senate tax scam, uh, just as McConnell, 
stop Republicans from performing their constitutional duty to confirm President Obama's Supreme Court pick so Republicans could illegally seat Neil Gorsuch as a justice. Regardless of who wins in Alabama today, Mitch McConnell is going to pull with Garland and refuse to seat him until he jams his tax bill through. This is a flagrant violation of Senate policy, which requires Jones assume office the instant one of them wins the election. But the Craven majority leader doesn't want a moral Democrat sabotaging his previous, his precious tax scam that steals from the poor to give to the rich. If Doug uh, Jones takes the seat, he rightfully won by the end of the week. He and one Republican defection, perhaps Susan Collins or Rand Paul, could sink the Republican class welfare uh, agenda entirely, which I hope they do. Nor does he want a child molester and bigot uh, keeping the public focused on Republican moral rot, which would lower the bill's already sinking support. Instead, he wants appointee Luther Strange to stay and ram through the tax bill for their wealthy donors before anyone can stop them. Since Doug Jones won today and Mitch McConnell refuses to seat him, uh, every Alabama voter and indeed every American should take to the streets. Republicans refuse to govern responsibly. Americans must take themselves, make themselves ungood. Americans must make themselves ungovernable. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Huh. Somehow. <laughs> but, you know, this is really going to be an interesting fight. It's going to be because I, I, I wish that McDonald, McConnell would get his ass kicked in the biggest way, you know, in a big way. They really got to get rid of that guy. So that was, this was interesting, too. What's this? Celebrities weep tears of joy as Doug Jones pulls off surprise that Senate win in Alabama. Uh, that was kind of funny because uh, uh, he had so many celebrities behind him, you know, and people behind him to try to defeat this damn Trump thing. A Democrat uh, judge, Doug Jones, pulled off a victory in Senate uh, special election in Alabama on, t- t- on Tuesday. The video posted clear. Late night host Stephen Colbert called it a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Scandal star Kerry Washington said Jones, said Jones voters had opted for a more perfect union, a place where all we where we all matter. And in the days uh, pending up to the vote, many celebrities had taken to social media to drum up support for Jones, um, urging Alabamians to stay on the right side of history to defeat more. Um, who has faced weeks of sexual harassment and assault allegations. Actors, comedians, singers, activists, writers, and others took to Twitter to, to celebrate Jones' win on Tuesday. All right? Um, so, yeah, that's nice. You know, that, that's a nice thing, really. That, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, it'll be all right. Now, hopefully, Jones will take it and everything will be fine. Yeah. What a mess, though, huh? Yeah. This is an important one, too. Uh, Alabama voters choose between an alleged child abuser and a man who jailed, who jailed the KKK in a surprisingly tight race. Um, 
explains a little bit about who, who uh, Doug Jones is. Yeah, they didn't, I don't really know much about no, him. No, a lot of people didn't. There wasn't, I mean, the Alabama people did because he was a prosecutor and some of it. But the rest of us really didn't know. No. All I knew was that he um, was the prosecutor against those KKK guys. Yeah. And I thought it was further back than it really was. Yeah, it's funny, like, Voters in Alabama have gone to the polls in a deeply controversial special election that both sides claim will be one of the most important for decades. With the latest opinion poll varying wildly, but with many observers believing the contest will be, will be close, well, it obviously was close, but I mean, by twenty thousand votes. That's not won. that close. That's that. a lot of that's a lot of people. A lot of twenty thousand votes. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Democrats. Can, can he have a recount, even though it's not? Well, he wants a recount, but they're claiming none. You know, he, he would have to pay for itself oh. uh, to, you know, to have it done. So, with the latest polls varying wildly, with observers believing the contest will be close, uh, both Roy Moore and Doug Jones went out to cast their ballots for themselves. Mr. Moore has uh, is been as has been his habit. Uh, appearing on the camera in his local voting station on horseback. And uh, Republican Moore and Democratic Jones um, uh, sought to stress local issues as they campaigned across a deeply conservative state uh, where about half of the people identify with evangelical Christians, yet others have sought to place the race in a national context with both Donald Trump and his former advisor Steve Bannon placing their support and endorsement behind the former judge. Um, it goes on. And Jones is 63 and has been careful to avoid embracing figures from the most progressive wing of the Democratic Party and instead talking about his own work in Alabama. He famously convicted two former KKK members uh, who bombed a black church and killed four young girls. Should he emerge as the winner, it will be interpreted as a humiliating blow to the president and the last time a Democrat was elected a senator here since 1992. He did win, by the way. He won, and he won by 20,000 votes. Which I think is significant. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm reading this past is because I think it's important to see what happened in the, in the wake-up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, this is something, too, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. So, anyway... Uh, just so you know, that that that's what this guy is. He's he he's, seems cool, and you know, who knows what's going to happen to him. Is there a little audio piece there? No. Oh, that's no, I thought there would be some kind yeah, of something that maybe he had to say yeah, or yeah, no some, something, but he didn't. No, not on this piece of I mean. But uh, anyway, I I just thought it was cool, and uh, this is kind of funny. <laughs> Maxine Waters. Uh, tweets about Trump and Roy Moore is the purest definition of savage. Yet. I, don't, I thought that was kind of fun. But uh, she hates Trump with all her might, with everything she's got. Well, yeah, I think she and, has the right yeah, to. Yeah, she's, she's out and out. Time and time again, oops, time and time again, Representative Maxine Waters has proved that she's sure as hell not afraid to candidly express her thoughts about controversial political figures, whether it be on social media, during television appearances, or at political events. You certainly don't want to be on California Congresswoman's bad side, and it looks like President Trump has 
uh, officially sealed the number one spot on our shit list with uh, Roy Moore coming in a close second place. When Moore lost the Alabama Senate race to Democrat Doug Jones on, on December 12, which was yesterday, a uh, historic and notable moment for the d- deeply red state, Waters couldn't resist tossing in her two cents on the election results, and she immediately fired off an epic uh, tweet, I believe How many Diet Cokes did Trump consume while he gulped and waited for the defeat of his pedophile candidate? (laughs) (laughs) The tweet digs at Trump's alarming Diet Coke addiction, which reportedly tosses back a whopping dozen cans of the beverage each day, while also referring more recent onslaught of sexual allegations. And can we please just discuss our hysterical hashtag choice? Hashtag choice. All of we have to say is LOL. This woman has truly solidified her title as the ultimate queen of sass. Needless to say, people are absolutely living for her shade-throwing abilities, which some may compare to that of freaking uh, full-grown, uh, a freaking full-grown oak tree. I don't know what that means, but okay. Anyway. It's kind of funny. What do you think? What to think there? Drag the Auntie Maxine. This is somebody. Just uh, uh, somebody flat out. But you know, it's kind of funny. Anyway, I'm glad she she's speaking out. A lot well, of people, people speak have to out. speak out. It's they speak their mind. They have to. It's 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 part of the part of the law of this country. Speak your mind. Nazis endorsed Roy Moore for quoting Hitler correctly. Yeah, I don't think I have to go more further. Than that. I didn't think there were any Nazis left. Okay, now I already mentioned that uh, 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 Trump is addicted to Diet Coke. Yeah. Well, this is what happens if you drink 12 cans of Diet Coke a day, like Donald Trump. Okay. Ready for this? This is good. Yeah, tells you what happens. In a magazine profile this weekend, insiders close to Donald Trump claimed that President swills down up to 12 cans of Diet Coke a day. That's a hefty amount of fizz by anybody, uh, by anyone's standards. So what would drinking four liters of Coca-Cola a day do to a man? Plenty, experts say, suggested, and not much of it good. For a start, there's a large amount of caffeine in a Diet Coke, with 42 milligrams per can. Trump is swilling down nearly 500 milligrams a day of caffeine. And uh, general advice includes from the European Food Safety Authority is to stick below 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. And uh, he's 100 or more caffeine milligrams a day higher than recommended. And people can and do have addiction problems with caffeine. It's known as caffeinism. And there have been recorded cases of fatal overdoses Although most of these involve caffeine powder, uh, sometimes used as uh, to cut illegal drugs. So, anyway, a recent John Hopkins University study into caffeine uh, use disorder highlighted effects such as anxiety, jitteriness, upset stomach, and tense mood. But Donald Trump himself famously tweeted, I have never seen a thin person drink Diet Coke, 
and repeatedly repeated studies have shown that sugar free drinks can lead to weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, University of Texas studies showed that over sixty that over sixty fives people over sixty five yep. at least drinking artificially sweetened fizzy drinks have has a radical effect on the waistline, tripling uh, gains around the waist across a 10-year period. Scientists of Massachusetts General Hospital say it's all to do with sugar substitutes and how they affect enzymes in your body. They found that mice with aspartame in their drinking water uh, gain more weight than mice on a similar diet without aspartame. They believe that a product of aspartame breakdown, uh, phenylalanine, uh, interferes with enzymes uh, and prevent, uh, which prevent obesity. But um, other experts have warned that the amount of acid found in colas can eventually pose severe problems to your bones when consumed in vast quantities like Donald Trump drinks. And uh, a nutrition expert at Yale New Haven. Uh, or Yale School of Medicine says 12 cans a day diet or regular uh, is potentially going to do damage to your skeleton. And eventually, that can be a very serious problem. So I guess I guess Coca-Cola, you know, destroys your, uh, makes your bones brittle. You know that? Yep, I'm not surprised. It's probably no real nutritional value in any of that no, stuff. It fills you up until it wears off, and you crash so badly, and to prevent that... You want to read about net neutrality? Oh, boy, we've read so much on that, and it's... I don't know what they're doing right now. Well, it it? says, isn't the only thing the current FCC is screwing up? Oh, okay. Yeah. This is going to be bad, because it could really affect us. It could affect everybody, you know. It'll affect anybody. Everybody. That neutrality isn't the only thing the current FCC is screwing up. Lost amid the furor of the Federal Communications Commission, uh, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad decision to reverse that neutrality uh, requirements is another uh, equally awful decision that has slipped through the cracks. In mid-November, this commission decided to rethink its lifelong program, which provides subsidies for broadband Internet subscriptions to low-income Americans in cities and tribal regions around the country. The, the, um, excuse me, sorry about this thing. the proposed reforms could significantly reduce the amount of aid that offered uh, through the program, which provided a $9.25 monthly subsidy for broadband subscriptions, uh, $25 for subscribers on tribal lands. Um, hang on a second. Uh, Lifeline program was the only initiative specifically aimed at making broadband and phone access more affordable. At a time when digital skills are an increasing necessity for success in education and job market, Cutting access for the Americans who are least likely to afford those services on their own seems like a singular bad idea. The new FCC rules would stymie the $2.25 billion annual program in three ways. First, it would prevent resellers from offering subsidized subscription plans. Uh, 
Resellers are telecommunication companies who provide services but do not own network infrastructure. They typically pick up the slack in areas where there are little incentive for network providers to offer services. That decision, according to Brookings, has a specific, a special impact on people living in a tribal land who receive a $25 and in extra subsidies through resellers. The proposal for the FCC would also consider instituting a national subsidy cap on the subsidy. Uh, finally, the FCC is considering revoking national approvals for lifelong service providers that have already been qualified. The rationale for Lifeline's re-evaluation was the revelation of the mismanagement of the program. Roughly 1.2 million of the program's 2.5 billion in funding was being distributed to fake identities or to people who had died. Wow. And according to an investigation by General Accounting, a lot of this, there was fraud in it. Under the new rules, the FCC would definitely uh, get rid of much of the waste associated with the program primarily by doing away with everything that makes the program effective. Originally launched by President Ronald Reagan as a way to provide phone services to low-income housing households in the 80s, the program was disbanded under the Obama administration in 2016 to include broadband services as an acknowledgement of the centrality of the Internet in modern American life. just as the phone was in the 1980s. While the majority of the FCC supports the changes to the Lifeline program, the changes aren't embraced unanimously. And two weeks ago, Democrat Commissioner uh, Mignon Clyburn addressed a proposed change to the program during a speech in South Carolina. Um, Connecting the unconnected is no easy task, she said. The cost of it just of just a couple of dollars a month can be insurmountable for families that struggle to put food on the table each day. But what the FCC majority proposed to do earlier this month is to take away no-cost service offerings and eliminate the business model of 70% of providers in the country, the current market, without specifying where existing consumers will go. And the commissioner said, I would be hard-pressed to identify a recent FCC um, action with a more pointed attack on the economically disadvantaged than this one. Reducing the ability for low-income households to access the Internet is a terrible idea. It creates even more obstacles to the quality education for kids and limits the abilities of adults to develop the skills they need to compete in the modern job market or even apply for jobs in the modern era. Again, the perceptive uh, the perspective for the Brookings Institute is helpful. According to the report, even though 93% of Americans have access to broadband services, penetration rates are far, actually far lower. And indeed, given their estimates that roughly 37% of households in low-income neighborhoods have poor subscription rates for broadband services. So most of them don't even get it. reports that uh, the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pia, 
pay pie rather jokes about being a Verizon shill. He used to work for Verizon, and uh, you know now he's the he's the chairman of the uh, and you know he's he's trying to push through this thing that'll benefit Verizon. Yeah, imagine this. more marijuana stock deal making is on the way for this uh, one simple reason. They're trying to fuse uh, alcohol and marijuana together. I don't know whether I like that idea. Yeah, it's kind of Who's weird. Who's doing that? Uh, alcohol companies. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, they found that every place that, that uh, legalizes marijuana, uh-huh. alcohol consumption goes down by 25%. Oh, so their liquor companies can't take Yeah, so the liquor companies are thinking of, of joining with them and infusing their alcohol with marijuana. That would, I mean, I you know, alcohol and marijuana go together, but you start fusing, that genetically fusing the two things together. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't think know. I feel uncomfortable with that. That's probably not going to be a too safe a thing to do. But, you know, hey, the alcohol companies want to keep their, rev, their revs up, you know. Oh. Don't forget, Mexico wipes out Trump by rolling out Trump toilet paper. That's a little gross. I thought it was good. <sighs> let me let me read that. Cause it's a it, it's a fun, it's a true story. True story. I, I already ordered some. Mexico <laughs> softness without borders. <laughs> Mexico will soon have a product guaranteed to put a smile on the faces of Mexicans everywhere, especially in their home country. Thanks to the ingenuity of Mexican lawyer Antonio Bataglia, uh, Trump toilet paper may soon be polishing the posteriors of the very people Trump referred to as rapists and drug traffickers. According to Mexican Teachers Union Representative Jose Alfredo, that rhetoric incensed immigrants everywhere. And uh, he says, he is a xenophobic and racist who doesn't respect the unity of our two nations, and he has insulted an entire nation. He's insulted everybody. Don't he insults, feel special. He insults everybody. Don't feel special. Yeah. Yeah. That's the motivation behind the Trump paper, uh, which started as a joke. Bataglia says he wanted to stand up for those who were being marginalized by Trump's antics. Yeah, he says, I felt the need and obligation of raising my hand against such dangerous nonsense uh, that was putting at risk my country and people. Uh, once we won, uh, we had to stop the fun approach and focus seriously on developing a product not based on a mockery, but based on the response of an insult, based on helping migrants. Migrants, he said. But Bataglia hopes to have the Trump brand toilet paper out by the uh, end of the year and says branding it Trump will not infringe on the president's many copyrights associated with his name. The Trump organization has not applied for Mexican copyrights on hygiene products and the labeling pokes fun at Trump's demonization of immigrants. Splashed across the packaging in the Spanish in Spanish are the phrases softness without borders <laughs> and this supports migrants. On the back, an image of a stack of toilet paper is captioned by the phrase, this is the wall we are going to build. The paper isn't just good for laughs and, and numerous dose. 
Bategui has promised 30% of the profits for the sale of the toilet paper to go to non-profits to help migrants with legal advice. <laughs> and while conservatives jump on the don't respect the president bandwagon lamenting about how offensive Trump toilet paper is, remind them that this is still on the interwebs. <laughs> they can use the Trump brand toilet paper to wipe away their tears. I, I hope it comes out. It would be, it would be such a big seller. It was so incredible. Yeah. It, would, it, would, it would go totally, totally viral. <laughs> ah. I was like, uh, star U.S. diplomat quits with fiery letter to Rex Tillerson. Not this one interesting because she was really pissed at, at what he's doing. I I thought he wasn't doing anything really. No, he cut like a thousand jobs out of the State Department and just gutted it. Hmm. A distinguished U.S. diplomat who was seen as a rising star as the State Department resigned after writing a searing letter to Secretary of State Rex Tillerson accusing him of gutting the department and damaging America's standing across the world. Um, Elizabeth Shackelford, who served as a political officer based, uh, oops, yeah, based in Nairobi, yeah, for the U.S. mission to Somalia, lamented on November 7th letter of data foreign policy, the stinging disrespect President Donald Trump administration had shown the diplomatic corps and how it was driving the department's most experienced staff away in growing numbers. The cost of this is, in, is visible every day in uh, Mission Somalia, my current post, where state diplomatic influence on the country and within our own interagency is waning. Okay. She said she was shocked. Matillison stepped down as Exxon CEO to serve as Trump's secretary and told department employees that advancing human rights across the globe creates obstacles to our ability to advance our national security interests. So they don't want to advance human rights anymore across the globe because they're violating human rights everywhere. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, hey, so you want to you want to get involved with the show yet, dear? Yeah. Are you okay? I'm yeah. fine. I was just listening to you. Yeah. So anyway. I had a long day and I was up very early this morning. Yeah. So I was oh. up with you there, dear. We know. So anyway, here you go. Now this, th- th- I I think you should. Read I this. think this is a fascinating. Thing, this was really quite. Read, we read a similar article, if you remember, on Flint, Michigan, when they declared that a third world a country. Third world too. country. But this was the UN inspector that came in to say. The United Nations official who tours the globe investigating extreme poverty said Thursday that areas of Alabama's Black Belt are suffering the most dire sewage disposal crisis of any place he has visited in a developed country. I think it's very uncommon in the first world that it's not a site that one normally sees. I'd have to say that I haven't seen this. Philip Alston, the UN special uh, rapporteur, uh, Misty reporter, reporter on extreme poverty and human rights, 
said as he toured a Butler County community where raw sewage flows from the homes to expose PVC pipes and into open trenches and pits. Allison said in Alabama on Thursday to be a personal witness to the poverty, lack of access to basic services, and civil rights strategies that have struggles that have plagued poor, mostly African-American residents of the state's Black Belt region for generations. Named for its rich and located in the rich soil and located in the southern half of the state, Alabama's Black Belt is part of a ribbon of counties that stretches across the south and has a long history of poverty and racial discrimination. The visit is part of a 15-day tour of the U.S. that Alston and his team are conducting to gather information for a report on poverty and human rights abuses in America that they expect to release in the spring. The U.N. contingent, which has already visited cities in California and is also hosting a full day of meetings with civil society organizations today in Montgomery, after which he will travel to Atlanta, Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. Surprised it didn't say Hartford, Connecticut. There's more to it, but everyone gets sick. On Thursday, Austin visited communities in the Black Belt Butler, uh, Black Belt Butler and Lowndes counties in Alabama, where residents often fail, fall ill with ailments like E. coli and hookworm a disease of extreme poverty, long eradicated in most parts of the U.S., in part because they do not have consistently reliable access to clean drinking water that can that has not been tainted by raw sewage and other contaminants. Imagine that. Yeah, these people are dying from this stuff. Uh, I mean, they can't clean their own sewers out, you know. Aaron uh, something or rather, an activist who has lived in Fort Deposit uh, for 29 years, showed Alston, Alston around uh, a Lowndes County property where five members of its extended family, including two minor children and an 18-year-old with Down syndrome, live in a modest home. Their house, like those of many of their neighbors, discharges its raw sewage into long, aging, straight pipes that release the effluent above ground, where it sits in fetid, open-air oh. pools. These sewage run into sparse wooded areas or across uh, grassy fields when it drains and spreading the waste and the pathogens it contains, uh, generating toxic conditions, repulsive visuals, and an overwhelming stench. That shows a picture of this pipe. That's pretty horrible. Two pipes of the raw sewage pipes come from the houses. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just really disgusting. And... Uh, Speaking with a human rights, speaking with Butler County resident uh, whose failing septic tank releases raw sewage that bubbles up into his backyard, Allison said that the unwillingness of state and local governments to help people with no access to basic services like sewage management represents a dereliction of duty. He says there is a human right for people to live decently, and that means the government has an obligation to provide people with the essentials of life which include power, water, and sewage. Maybe a bus pass. But if the, maybe a bus pass? What are you talking about? Yeah, if you don't have a car and you're poor, a pass to ride the bus. Well, let's get, let's let's work with the power, water, and sewage here, you know? And, uh, but if the government says no, uh, oh no, we're not going to do it, 
and leaves you to install very expensive septic tanks, that's not how it should work because people can't afford to, to, to fix their own sewers. And it goes on. This article is very sad because it uh, shows uh, some of the intense uh, poverty in, the, in this in Alabama. I mean, uh, just just really, really quite, quite, quite horrible. Rural poverty. Why young Americans are questioning democracy? I thought this was this by Atlantic uh, Monthly uh, Club. Um, it seems that the millennials feel that there sh- that there's no need for democracy. Which I thought was very weird. This is uh, when a company that helps Americans plan for the future works with a team from Goldman Sachs. A unique collaboration after an innovative product is created. Sorry, folks, i got to put you up with two this. Okay, here we go. The degree to which there is dissatisfaction of the democratic system across the board, but especially among younger people, should have us very worried. So I've been looking at a couple of different polls. The main one I drew from is called the World Value Survey. It's basically the same set of questions asked every five or six years in over 100 countries. And they have this battery of questions around how people feel about their democracy, whether they actually are still in favor of democracy, that people hadn't really looked at. One of the assumptions was that people really care for democracy, that they would say it's important to live in a democracy, that they would reject authoritarian alternatives to democracy. And in some of my recent work, I show that that's actually not the case. Over two-thirds of people born in the 1930s and 1940s say that it's essential to them to live in a democracy, Less than one-third of millennials do. Twenty years ago, 6% of young affluent Americans said that they were open to army rule. Now it's 35%, increased by nearly six-fold. And finally, when you look at our politics, it's clear that we've elected a president who has threatened to jail his political opponent, who said that he would leave Americans in suspense about whether he'd accept the outcome of the election. Yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons why young people are more skeptical about democracy for most Americans, a lot of the reason why they supported liberal democracy has always been that it delivered for them, that it made them wealthier, that they could mm-hmm. say, you know what, I'm a lot wealthier than my parents. For young people, that's no longer true. If you are 30 years old, you only have a one in two chance of making more money than your parents did at the same age. And so it's much easier for them to focus on the things that are bad in our system without understanding how much worse things could be. I hope that some of the young people who in my surveys said, we don't care so much about democracy. It's not that important to us. have woken up uh, to just how crucial these issues are over the last month. So I don't think Americans are going to go down without a big fight. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. It appears that we're losing ground with our credibility. Forty-five senators support a bill that makes boycotting Israel a crime. Sorry, folks. You can't boycott Israel because it's they they they'll, they'll fine you. So it's it's illegal. A bill that would criminalize boycotts against Israel has been signed by 45 U.S. senators and 237 congressmen. Tell me that is 
Israel doesn't own our government. The so-called Israeli Anti-Boycott Act would impose fines of up to $250,000 on any U.S. citizen engaged in interstate or foreign commerce who would support a boycott of Israeli goods and services. How the, how the hell can they do this? Legally do this? I mean, it's, it's, this is as unconstitutional as it gets. The U.S. has long defended Israel in territorial disputes in the Middle East, even as the Israeli military has expanded into areas assigned to Palestinians by international law. Um, this position runs counter to that of the United Nations, which claims Israel's settlements in preoccupied or in occupied Palestinian ter territory have no legal validity and constitute flagrant violation of international law. The Israeli Anti-Boycott Act would punish any American who supported such measures. Uh, however, the American Civil Liberties Union has argued that the bill would impose civil and criminal punishment on individuals solely because of their political beliefs about Israel and its policies in a letter sent to members of the Senate. In short, the bill would punish businesses and individuals solely because of their point of view. Uh, it wrote, such a penalty is in direct violation of the First Amendment. Yeah, tell me about that. Our show gets censored so often in our website and everything we do, all right, because we are so anti-Israel, you know, and anti, you know, what they're doing, you know, anti-genocide. You know, they, we don't want genocide of the Palestinians. So, anyway. Um, still, the bill reportedly drafted with the help of the American Israeli Public Affairs Committee, or APAC, has received widespread bipartisan support, of course. Even liberal-leaning senators like Kristen Gillibrand, of New York and Maria Cantwell of Washington and representatives like Adam Schiff of Massachusetts signed on to the legislation. This is absolutely sick. This is absolutely sick. You know, this is just absolutely, totally freaking sick. That these sons of bitches, these bastards, these senators and congressmen and everything else, you know, would would sign a law that says, I can't boycott Israel. Screw these guys, you know. Who the hell do they get off saying they can do that? You know, I'll boycott whoever the hell I want. And I'll say whatever I want about these goddamn people. You know, and this is ridiculous. Gildebrand is nothing more than that. Gildebrand. Yeah. You know, he was probably right. I'll bet you. I'll bet you she offered him anything for her, for a donation. She's probably right. Got him. He's got him straight on. I mean, if she would sign a bill. You know, to that, that anybody boycotting Israel. It be, can be uh, can be fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars, huh? Yeah, screw her, screw her, screw and double screw her. You know, conservatives like like Ted Cruz of Texas, Marco Rubio of Florida also support it. Screw them too. You know, these guys are all assholes. We might as well be in Israel. We might as well be Israel. I mean, what the hell? You know, we got nothing but but flop dick idiots. Okay, running running the operation. Right. Gary Peters of Michigan responded by asking, what's the act? Senator Claire uh, Maskell claimed she had not read the ACLU letter but would take their position into consideration, just like take everybody's position into consideration. Yeah, that's freaking 
people got no backbone. They got no. They're they're all they're all useless pieces of crap. All right. Meanwhile, Senator Benjamin Cardin, the bill's primary sponsor, said that he doesn't think the bill's criminalizing participating in boycotts, as the ACLU has claimed. We are very sensitive to freedom of speech here, and we are very sensitive to people having different views. He said. And we're not t- trying to weigh in on all in particular between the Palestinians and the Israel. Yeah, but you're making it illegal and you're fining people up to $250,000 you know, because they refuse to, to, to buy uh, Israeli products. Screw these hypocritical bastards. Son of a bitch. Son, I, I just can't live with this. I can't. These people make me sick, folks. And I, they make you sick, too. Uh, here's one. The favorite hypocrite of the year, Jeff Sessions, has forgotten 47 things under oath this year so far and said, I do not recall, upwards of 87 times. That means America's top law enforcement official is either stupid, senile, or lying. I would say all three, all right? Yeah, damn. Now listen, folks, this is another thing that's really amazing. The House just stripped medical marijuana states of protection from the DEA. Yeah. So the drug enforcement could come in under legal marijuana uh, uh, states and bust you. States have legal... Oh, jeez. Okay. States that have legalized medical marijuana could soon get an unwanted visit from the DEA. Yesterday, Congress stunned the cannabis. This was uh, September 7th, by the way. This was a month, uh, three months ago. I didn't hear anything about it. I don't know if anybody else did, but I just got this, and and uh, you know, this was just sent to me. Uh, Congress done the, uh, rejecting the only legal protection preventing Attorney General Jeff. Uh, uh, good people don't smoke marijuana. Sessions from cracking down on those 30 states for violating federal cannabis prohibition. Back in 2014, lawmakers passed an amendment to the federal budget to protect state legalized medical marijuana uh, industries and the patients they serve. The amendment prevented the DEA from suspending a single penny on enforcing cannabis prohibition in those states. It didn't overturn federal cannabis prohibition or legal medical marijuana, but it did tie the Department of Justice's hand by freezing their finances. At the time... Medical marijuana was legal in 21 states, a number that has grown to 30 since then. But they could be uh, shuttered soon because that amendment, which has to be renewed and uh, with every budget, was rejected yesterday by the House Rules Committee. That means the House can't include the rider in their final version of the federal budget. If the budget passes without that rider, butt tenders, dispensary owners, Doctors recommending cannabis and even medical marijuana patients could face prosecution for their involvement in the industry, and not just for what they're not, they're doing right now. They could be charged with offenses dating back to when they got involved in the state's cannabis industry. And Attorney General Sessions might do just that since he's been itching to crack down on those states. Since taking office, Sessions has ramped up anti-marijuana rhetoric in America, and last May. He asked Congress to, to drop the amendment so that he could unleash the DEA on medical marijuana states as he saw fit. His request was denied in July by the Senate Appropriations Committee, 
but it seems like this message resonated in the House. The fight for the marijuana amendment isn't over yet, though. The budget has yet to reach the Senate, where the rider could be reinserted with support from Senators Cory Booker. Um, Mike Lee, Murkowski, Bernie Sanders, and others. The fight for marijuana amendment isn't over yet. The budget has yet to be reached in the Senate, where the rider could be reinserted. But even if it does get reinserted and passed, the amendments only buys patients, doctors, and businesses a small window of relief before they have to start looking over their shoulders for DEA helicopters again. The reality is the industry won this won't, won't be safe until Congress listens to 94% of the Americans who support medical marijuana and changes the country's criminally outdated cannabis laws. And I agree with that fully, 100%. And, um, you know, I think Jeff Sessions is the biggest idiot that ever walked the face of the earth next to the guy who appointed him, Trump. He is the biggest idiot. No question about it. But anyway, that ends the show tonight, Lila. You know, you were very quiet, and uh, that's okay. Contemplating the world, as you are. And, uh, but we thank everybody, and uh, mm-hmm. we hope that you... Uh, um, strange things going on, though. I mean, it's, I'm embarrassed that um, Alabama has no real infrastructure to take care of basic that's in the black belt, which is like where basically where thirty percent of the population is a black black people in Alabama, I'm just, which are I'm appalled. But black people are extremely um, oppressed mm-hmm. and, and neglected there, and they always have been. But they were the ones that helped win Doug Jones, okay, that 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 Senate seat. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll you know they'll. Uh, be paid for that uh, and good things. But uh, we want to thank everybody who joined us tonight. Tell your friends, share the program, and uh, have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Oh, by the way, before I end tonight, I wanted to mention I have a new YouTube channel. Okay, it's called LA Steel Show. And just go to YouTube, and I've got over 30 videos. Lila is featured prominently since she's a wonderful host that she is. That was a long time ago, Leo. Well, still, no, not that long. And we these are older programs, but really wonderful programs that we did. Uh, so many different uh, different topics and people that we interviewed and places we were at. Uh, and uh, and we'll be continuing. I'll be continuing putting up new and uh, you know uh, other programs. Uh, I've got as many as 400 of them to put up. So I want to, to please... Well, check it out, folks. Yes. So the L.A. Steel Show. The L.A. Steel Show on YouTube. Okay. So good night, folks. Enjoy the rest of the week, and talk to you next week. All right. And please go to our website as well, lasteelshow.org. Check out everything going on there. Lots and lots of stuff. So uh, good night, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.